Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. What's up? We're here. Preview edition of First and Pod. For Championship Sunday. I am Danny Parkins. He is Andrew Filipponi. If you're listening to this on the radio, thank you. We are a podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening to it on a podcast and you've not yet given us a five-star review, please do so. We very much appreciate you. We've got an excellent Championship Sunday. My preseason Super Bowl matchup is still alive with Chiefs and Lions. I hate Pony that Chiefs and Ravens is the first game. We mentioned it briefly at the end of last week's pod. This feels like it has game of the decade potential, and it is the undercard. Well, what is the score to beat here? What's the conference championship game in the last 10 years that you would say is the one that this game needs to top? I like the Chiefs and Patriots game from 18 when – who was that? Chris Jones lined up offside, or was it Frank Clark who lined up offsides? And then D New Ford, England. No? D Ford, thank you. It was option C there. Yes, D Ford. And then uh New England drove the ball there and ended up winning the game in overtime. And Andy Reid complained about the overtime rules. Yeah, yep. that that for me is the best AFC championship game, probably in the last decade. Last conf- best conference championship game. So 
That's what we're shooting for, Danny. We're looking for a game like that on Sunday. I mean, doesn't it feel like that's what this is? Like the the number the number of storylines and the caliber of teams and the big picture legacy ramifications on all sides is just so massive. Like Mahomes has accomplished so much that basically every playoff game he plays in has historical consequences. And therefore, same thing for Reed, same thing for Kelsey, that triumvirate together, every game they play in means something for the historical rankings. And then also for Lamar, he had the game where he dominated and played great in the postseason, but they were nearly a double-digit favorite at home. If he slays the the Kansas City Dragon and goes to a Super Bowl, I don't think every single question about him has been answered because Cam Newton went 15 and one and won an MVP and lost in the Super Bowl. And people still would have questions on, you know, he didn't have enough longevity. His game did not age well. Like, obviously, if Lamar wins a Super Bowl, that all ends. But it would be very, very significant for him, too, given how his career started in the postseason and that literally no quarterback ever has played in a Super Bowl when they led their team in rushing and passing. So he would be the first quarterback of his ilk of the dual threat variety to get this far. I just, the stakes are obviously high with a Super Bowl on the line, but I feel like about how we talk about these generational talents who are of the same generation, it's just so massive. Taking down Mahomes, gives you huge cred and makes you a made man in NFL circles. Joe Burrow's never won a Super Bowl, but he beat Mahomes in Kansas City. And I don't feel like there's a big gorilla or orangutan attached to his back. You know, he still needs to win one, but I don't feel like he gets criticized the way that some of the other quarterbacks do who haven't won a Super Bowl because he's already accomplished that. The guy is 13-3 and in the playoffs, Mahomes, and two of those losses are to Tom Brady. So that's the club. Jackson would be in that fraternity with those two guys, the greatest quarterback of all time and a player that is ascending to be a really good quarterback and a Hall of Fame quarterback. So that's where he puts himself if he wins. I think it will, for at least a little while, it will alleviate questions about his big game uh, makeup, his Uh, ability, propensity to deliver in these games, even if they were to go on the next week and lose. So I do agree with you. Like this for Jackson is a game that if they win it, so many of the controversial aspects of his career dissipate for, I think, a considerable amount of time. For Mahomes, Danny, I think this would be his best playoff win. I think this would be the best win of his career. There are Super Bowl victories that I was going to say. I mean, he's got last year winning a Super Bowl shot a shootout is pretty good. Okay, but think about the matchups and the way those games were looked at. The guy's never really been an underdog in his life, in his NFL career. Even when they played New England his first year as a starter, they were favored in that AFC Championship game. All the other playoff games are at home. Um, in the Super Bowl, they were, I think, a one-point underdog against Philly. It was a coin flip game. It was a toss-up. It could go either way. 
he's more than a field goal underdog here. Yep. He is really in kind of rare territory for him. And that's why, you know, I asked the question that's on our YouTube page. This game does remind me of the Super Bowl in terms of the Ravens are the best team, but Mahomes is the better, is the best player. He's the best quarterback. And that's the same way the Super Bowl was built. The Eagles had the better roster. They were the better team, but they had the better quarterback. And you could say, too, if you wanted to, the better coach. Andy Reid versus John Harbaugh and his resume against Harbaugh head-to-head, but also just his entire resume, period, is better. And so we know who won that Super Bowl. And I have been thinking about that a lot over the last few days. Do I just take the roster and the team? Or do I take the coach and quarterback combination in a big game like this? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton there, obviously. We, we've talked a lot about Mahomes as an underdog and his straight-up record and his against-the-spread record, and they're just absolutely sparkling. It's completely ridiculous. The Chiefs do have the coaching edge, and they do have the quarterback edge, but it's about as minimal of an edge as you could possibly have. If Andy Reid's the best coach or the second best coach in the NFL, John Harbaugh is at worst top seven. And if Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, Lamar is at worst top three this year. I mean, the guy's going to be a unanimous MVP. So the two things that the Chiefs have over everybody, coach and quarterback, it's as minimized as possible in this game. The Ravens are the more complete team. And I don't think that the Ravens are going to be like intimidated by any of this. They they are at home. They have a tremendous home field advantage. Uh, there was an old clip going around from a Manning cast this week of Mahomes saying he's only needed to use the silent count twice at Seattle and at Baltimore. So, you know, another feather in the cap uh, for Ravens fans. Well, that was a 36-35 game. So that noise didn't really bother Mahomes that much. It was a high scoring game. It really had very little to do. Yeah, that's with true. Defensive stops in that game. But I did but hear that clip and I thought the same thing. But he's he's not he's not bringing the same offense into this game. They've been playing better recently, but it is this is not they still struggle in the red zone. This is not the same explosive offense uh that we've seen in years past. And I'll be honest, man. There is one element of the Tampa Super Bowl that I think is relevant here. Joe Thune matters. I knew you were going to say that, and I had that written down. I had the name Nick Allegretta written down on a piece of paper here. Nick Allegretti. Allegretti? Yeah, Allegretti. Um, He's a Chicago guy. His dad, a score P1, and a very successful businessman who was a So is he listening to this podcast, potentially? Should I... I apologize now that I mispronounced their family name, and he's probably very proud of his kid for he, being an he NFL He is very player. proud of his kid. He he will be he will be there. Uh, it's a great he's a great guy and a big supporter of uh, the show and the station. I don't know that he listens to the podcast, but I mean, listen, that's Nick unfortunate. Allegretti, yeah, he should. Nick Allegretti has experience, but obviously Joe Thune's a eighty million dollar guard, you know, and the Ravens' interior of their defensive line is excellent, and so I do think that. There are a few key injuries here, and Mark Andrews coming back for Baltimore, and the Ravens are not the type of team that you want to have injuries on the interior of a defensive line against. If it was not for, and this is a big, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how is the play, parenthetical caveat that I have to give you here. 
if it was not for the history and the success and the pedigree of Reed and Mahomes, I think the Chiefs would be a six-point underdog in this game. Like I, I do think that Baltimore is considerably better than Kansas City on paper. But the only reason that any of us have a lot of hesitancy in picking them is because it's not fun to bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So I wrote down here too, does the year of defense continue? Now, Chiefs defense was ranked number two in the league, so it's not this huge mismatch. Yep. But it's Baltimore's number one defense in terms of points allowed. They forced the most turnovers, and they also had the most sacks. I don't think that's ever happened before. They had the hat trick. They had the trifecta. They had the triple crown of those three. And in the last few years, like the Super Bowl, here comes the Eagles' elite pass rush against the Chiefs' great offense, the number one ranked offense in the league, number one offense versus number one defense, number one offense reigns supreme. It's been that way for a few years now. But this season, I feel like defense beat offense. This was an outlier kind of oddball year. We've got three, the top three defenses in the NFL are still standing in the conference championship game. They only allowed 16 and a half points per game. So I think about that. Like, is this going to be a continuation of what we saw during the season where when these great defenses go up, go up against great offenses, the defense wins? Uh, what Baltimore did against the the Lions offense, what they did against Brock Purdy and the San Francisco offense on the road. I think about that. And also Danny Kelsey. Kelsey was yeah. massive against Buffalo. He was pretty good against Miami too. But now it's the inside linebackers of Baltimore, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, and Kyle Hamilton. That's a night and day difference. That's a big, big difference from Buffalo's hodgepodge inside linebackers to these guys. And if you look at the tight ends they faced this year, the elite ones, they shut them down in two or three. They gave up 126 to Kittle on Christmas night, but then against Evan Ingram, 28 yards, Sam Laporta, 52 yards. So I would say those are the three most productive tight ends in the league this year. They shut down two and they, Gave up a lot of yards to one, but most of that came from Kittle on like the first drive of the game. So we'll see. I mean, Kelsey has been a playoff monster. He's turned back the clock in these playoffs, but this is a really, really tough matchup for him. I think that he did an admirable thing not playing and getting the consecutive seasons with a thousand yards in week 18, and it clearly made him a little bit more refreshed. And then, like you said, he played well against Miami and he played very well against Buffalo, but against backup linebackers. I agree. I felt the exact same way that you did. We've seen the Chiefs this year stall and struggle offensively when Kelsey isn't special. I think Rasheed Rice looks a lot better. He looks like he's getting on the same page with Mahomes. And we talked all year about, is someone going to emerge? Who was it going to be? You know, MVS had a few nice catches last week. Watson has had his moments. Pacheco has been good. They've been they've been committed to running the football. But the difference has been that Kelsey has been that red zone threat again. And I just, it's obviously picking against him is scary like picking against Mahomes. 
but this has got to be the worst matchup in the league uh, for him. So I I think Baltimore is going to win the game. Damn, I'm really surprised to hear you say that because it takes a lot for you to go against Mahomes. Dude, you are Baltimore. Mahomes honk. You are Mahomes lover. You are a Mahomes stan. You are all of those things. So I am just, I'm in a state of disbelief. Listen, that you're I, saying that right now. It's not who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Uh, I'm not going to be betting it. But this Ravens team, we've been talking about it, but I can't even give us too much credit. I think we are a little late to the party here. They are a historically good team that happens to have four losses. Mm -hmm. That's what they are in terms of a complete team with their rushing offense, their total defense, an MVP quarterback, all losses by one possession, all losses with a lead or tied with two minutes remaining in the game, no blowouts, number of quality opponents that they've beaten. I think that they are they are a juggernaut, and I think it's going to be a very tough spot for Kansas City. I, do, I am interested, though, if what we saw in the first half of Houston-Baltimore, where D'Amico Ryans did all those blitzes, and it was 10-10, and they sacked Lamar three times, and they looked very discombobulated and very confused. Lamar is not one of these guys who is actually better against the Blitz because he just picks you apart immediately. He's not bad against the Blitz. He still is a good above-average quarterback against the Blitz, but it's not like blitzing Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady in his prime. His numbers do get worse against the Blitz. I wonder what Spagnolo is going to do in this game. How He's going to blitz him. But how much? Where is Chris Jones going to be lined up? How much does he move him around? What's he going to do to try to basically bottle up what D'Amico Ryans did in 30 minutes of football? And can he stretch it out over 60 minutes? I do think that that scenario uh, is in play for the Chiefs on Sunday. I think that you also, if I'm Baltimore, I'm going to use Jackson as more of a runner in this game. Well, he had, I had. One last, he had 100 yeah. yards and two touchdowns last week. Yep, and I think that that carries over. Allen scored two touchdowns against the Chiefs defense. He ran the ball 12 times in that game last week. I think we see Mahomes run the ball more this time of year. I think we'll see Jackson do it even more. I think that can be uh, – you look, man, you got to be – you got to you got to keep that edge here because he'll just scoot outside and he's gone. I mean that's really uh, a concern for them for the Chiefs defense. Just one thing on Jackson, and I did not like it what he said. I'm not a fan of it whatsoever. I'm picking the Ravens in this game too, but if we do the podcast on Sunday and the Chiefs win and he has a shaky game, I'm going to reference back to this. He said, I don't like competing against Mahomes at all. Yeah. That Michael was, that Jordan. Was like would, Mike, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Michael Jordan would never say, I don't like competing against Larry Bird. Pat, Tom Brady would never say, I don't like competing against Peyton Manning. Mahomes he was, would. He was would, joking. I don't care. It's just, to me, it's just a stupid thing to say. It's just to, that, that you think Tiger Woods would say that about Phil Mickelson? I hate that comment, man. I do. If that was my quarterback, I don't want to hear him. I don't even think if it's, I don't care if it's meant to be funny. I don't like that attitude days before the biggest game of this guy's life. I just don't. You're the best. 
You're the best. Can you imagine Michael Jordan saying that? Seriously. He's not Michael Jordan. He's an elite athlete who's on the verge of winning two Super Bowls. You don't take a backseat. No, two, back MVPs. two MVPs. Two MVPs. You don't take a backseat to anybody here. You don't, you don't like well, overly praise a guy. I'm sorry. Well, that is what's that's what that is what's in play. We were talking you don't about kiss like, the damn ring a few days before you play this team. Oh, Mahomes Mahomes kissed Brady's ring before talking about like being referential. Not uh, like this. Not like I not I don't want to compete. Not I don't like competing against the guy. Not no, like that. But again, it wasn't it was it was tongue in cheek. We we've been talking about like who Mahomes' rival is. And that I said that Burrow, like the, the media nationally wants to make it Allen Mahomes because of the high profile, interesting games, their friendship, all of that stuff. And that's valid. He's one of them. But that I thought it was more Burrow because he beat him in the, he's got a winning record at Arrowhead and he beat him in an AFC championship game. But neither of them have a ring. If Lamar wins this game against them heads up and gets a ring, and has multiple MVPs, Lamar's going to look around and say, I'm not that far behind this guy. I am in terms of passing numbers. I am in terms of like playoff wins, but I got a ring on my finger and I got two MVPs in my trophy case. And I was the one seed this year on a team that was damn close to being undefeated. They'll go into next year as one of the favorites to win. Lamar will not be given the credit of Josh Allen and Burrow because the passing numbers aren't there. But he will be the most accomplished non-Mahomes quarterback of their generation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate. I hate to say this because it's just a total Nick Wright thing to say. But the guy has no equal. Of course, There's, he doesn't. But, uh, but it's, but I'm gonna. It's, but it's Tiger like, Woods against it's the rest like, of the field. It's like Tiger Woods. It is. Yeah. yeah. Even more, even more so than Brady was compared yeah, to Manning. Known. Yeah, then Manning was much closer because he would he was the great regular season quarterback and he could have the MVP awards in the regular season and Brady would get the last laugh in the playoffs until that 06 comeback by Manning. But it's just I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to 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 Mahomes to put anybody next to him. Even if even if Jackson and the Ravens were to win this game by 40 points, I don't think that it's a I still don't think it's a rivalry. I still think he's that much ahead of everybody else at his position. It pains he, me to say that, but it's true. No, he he is, but Tiger was way ahead of Phil, and Phil was still the second guy. It was a distant second, but he was the second guy. Don't go guy. ripping on my man Ernie Els like that. Don't don't put the big E down. He had some moments there. Yeah, and so, for a so while did there. Yeah. By uh, the way, on the golf note, because we're the regular season is almost done here, and that frees me up as far as some uh spare time and uh, personal time and not just obsessing over football nonstop. I think this is the year I get into golf. I really do. Yep. I played with you this past summer. It, you've got some work to do, but you can hit the ball. Well, that's because I play once to twice a year. Yeah, but you're a good natural athlete. You could, you, you could be good if you practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's just such a big time commitment and I've got a six month old and I'm just very, I don't know how I do it, but I want that's, to. Do that's it. when you start taking up golf. Once you have kid responsibility, so that you can escape. That's when you do it. It's the sign. How often do I need to swing a golf club to get myself to a score where I'm consistently breaking ninety? In your opinion, I mean, breaking ninety is hard, man. I know. 
Breaking 90. You start to break 90 and people want to play with you because they think you're good and you're not going to slow them down. Yeah. You can hold your own and all those things. You're a pretty good natural athlete. I would just think that if you play, if you went to a driving range, if you took a couple of lessons and went to a driving range once a week in the summer and played 15 rounds of golf, you'd be shooting in the 90s. And then next summer, you'd have a shot at breaking 90. But it's that layoff, man, that kills you. Yeah. It's yeah. that winter layoff where all the good. You got to get work. a simulator. You got to. Like one of my best friends who listens to this podcast, uh, <laughs> Kyle, who looks exactly like Bob Huggins in his 30s. It's incredible. Does not have the de- debilitating drinking problem like Huggins. But uh, he has a golf simulator and he wanted me to join his league this winter. But I, I made up a lie. I made up an excuse for not wanting to do it because I thought I was going to be the worst guy in the group. But that is an option for next winter for me. You should do it. It's that's a lot of fun. Uh, it is crazy that this is the first playoff game ever between two former MVPs under the age of 30. This is going to have real heavyweight title fight. Wait, it is. Yeah. Is that is is that Spencer just came up with that on his own, or that's confirmed? Well, don't disrespect Spencer that way. I've seen that stat out there. Thank you, Spencer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. We will do NFC Championship game after this. More first and pod. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast yo trey kevin what's up man you know i've been thinking what would have happened if the nba never vetoes the chris paul trade to the lakers and we get cp3 in the same backcourt as kobe in la well you get a very happy jack nicholson for sure and the lakers probably win a bunch more championships cp3 finally gets a ring or two or three and the kardashian empire is forever altered what did you just say hey everybody i'm trey wingo and i'm kevin frazier and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from wondery alternate routes as former sports center 
Twitter anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Back on First and Pod, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi, hook us up with a five-star review. NFC Championship, Lions and Niners. Your question here, wide receivers are not supposed to change betting lines and predictions. Does Detroit win if Debo is out? No, I don't think they do. I think it's been the most overrated storyline to this game that I've heard all week. Well, Purdy's numbers with and without Debo are pretty stark. And so that's why it's getting talked about as they went 0-3 without him this year. That's the other reason. And since he was drafted, they're 8-9 without him. So I get it. Those are facts. I can't argue against them. But the points... But the points scored go from 27 to 24. It's only three. And we're talking about Detroit's defense now. And congratulations, Lions. You were on this team back in the preseason. I was a cynic because I had the preponderance of historical evidence against them, not trusting them, thinking that they were just a team that got hot in the second half and they weren't going to carry over. You were right. I was wrong. It's been awesome to watch that city fall back in love with their football team and embrace them and the two home playoff wins. But let me give you these facts. Matthew Stafford, 367 yards, two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, 349 and three touchdowns. That is an average of 358 passing yards by quarterbacks and two touchdowns per game in two games they won. And it's not like they were blowout games where teams were throwing and they were padding their stats and they were empty calorie passing yards. They weren't. So uh, I still don't believe in their defense whatsoever. And I think now that they got now that they've got to go on the road, you can replace Debo Samuel with Juwan Jennings and uh, a cast of others, Ray Ray McLeod. And I think they're going to find a way to put a lot of points up on Detroit. So I don't think that. Their defense now against the Lions offense, that's another story. But the 49ers are going to score a lot of points in this game, Danny, without Debo Samuel. They'll they'll score close to 30, maybe more, without him. I agree with everything you said, which does not make for the most compelling of conversation. Listen, I mean, I have been right, as right about the Lions as anybody, and I said that the Niners were the best team in football by far and that they were going to be the ones that flirted with 17-0. and 0. So I was a little overzealous on them. But they are still very, very good. And I think that while Purdy is a product of the system and the guys around him, he also clearly was affected by the elements last week. And he has not been very good in the postseason. We've documented that. Everyone's talked about it. The numbers were good against Seattle, but he threw balls that should have been intercepted. They weren't. Otherwise, his numbers have been bad. But the weather should be pretty good, and the Lions' defense is pretty bad. So 
and the Lions' home road splits are pretty drastic. Their offense takes a pretty big dip. Now, some of that is when it's cold weather. This will not be a terribly cold weather spot, but still, outside of a dome, on the road, against a significant step up in competition compared to Tampa and L.A., the teams that the Lions have beaten so far on this run. I think the storybook season ends in San Francisco for the Lions as well. And I think Purdy's going to have a monster. Um, and if that game does get out of hand, they might even try to you know gas up his confidence a little bit with some inside the five-yard line type of play calls for him. Because just in case there's any doubt, they don't want that to be a storyline if they get ready for a rematch against Baltimore, who blew him out or against Mahomes, who obviously is in another stratosphere. That's why I'd honestly sit Samuel in this game. Uh, if it's if it's close, I would sit him. Because I, I, I think I can win this game without him, and I want him healthy. I want to give him two weeks to get ready for the Super Bowl. If I can't beat the Lions at home without him, I don't deserve to play in the Super Bowl. And you're going to get Baltimore who blew your ass out, or you're going to get the greatest quarterback of this generation in Vegas. I don't want Debo Samuel uh, 50-50 in missing practice and having to go through all kinds of uh, uh, rehab things and uh, massage treatment and shots and things of that nature. No, I want this guy 100% for this game for the Super Bowl. So I would I would really sit him if it and, and it doesn't look when we're talking right now, it looks like he's still hurt. It does not look like he's like Mark Andrews has been injured all year but is pretty healthy now. Doesn't look like that with Samuel. It looks like it's going to be take a take something before the game and gut it out. I wouldn't want to do that with him, Danny. I wouldn't want to see him <clears throat> make the injury worse and then miss the Super Bowl cuz I think I can beat Detroit without him. I mean, obviously, we don't know what the diagnosis is and if he can make the injury worse. You're not sitting guys in an NFC Championship game with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. This is not you don't you don't save it for later uh, in the second biggest game of the year, especially when you have a week off. <clears throat> Players aren't wired that way. NFL teams aren't wired that way. If he can go, he's going to go. Well, then he shouldn't be questionable. Then, if he's able to get on a practice field, which he's able to be then he should just play by that logic. And if my guess to, is that he will. Yeah, I don't like that. I'd rather I'd rather have him fresh for the Super Bowl. Come on, man. You're playing Detroit at home, Danny. You're not playing the Ravens or the I know, the but the, listen, the, the, the Lions are good, and the Lions are explosive. And I want to talk more about that idea of, like, all right, what Niners defense, Lions offense. I don't expect the Niners pass rush to do much in this game against the Lions offensive line. And if Goff has time, Goff is dangerous. This game can be a shootout. It absolutely can. Their offense is spectacular if Goff has time. The Niners have invested a ton into that defensive line. Free agent signings, trades, homegrown guys, stars and names you know inside and out with depth. But it has not lived up to the billing. And this is a terrible matchup for them. Now, I, I know, you know, Ragnall's a little banged up, so we'll see what version of him, but he's clearly one of the toughest human beings in the world. So that was absolutely ridiculous last week. But 
I am expecting a relatively clean pocket for Jared Goff. And when he gets a clean pocket, he's one of the best players in football. So I think that the Lions are going to score points in this game too. I just don't think they're going to be able to stop San Francisco. Like I could easily see this game being 35-28. So could I, but you referenced it before. Okay, you brought up the fact that they're not playing in the Dome. Yep, Goff that matters. Year out, Goff outdoors this year, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. He's not the same guy. His numbers against the Blitz, by the way, are not very good. They're actually some of the worst stats in the league when he gets pressured when they bring an extra guy. The problem is that's not San Francisco's calling card. So D'Amico Ryans went out of, outside of his comfort zone last week against Baltimore, and it worked for a stretch there in the second quarter. I think Steve Wilkes has got to do the same thing. You just mentioned it. They invested all this money in their front four. It ain't working. And it's not going to work against Detroit's offensive line because that's probably the best line in the NFL. I think they took that uh, baton from uh, Philly. I think they've improved enough to be the number one offensive line. But if you start bringing guys from different places and all of a sudden on the road in a loud atmosphere, assignments start getting missed and they don't know who they're blocking on every play, well, that's a different story. So that's got to happen. I mean, if Wilkes is really a def- – he got so much credit in Carolina last year. He's still considered one of the better defensive coaches in the NFL. You can't just do what you've always done because it's worked in the past. This is a different animal. If he does that, I think they'll get to golf. They'll rattle him, and they'll win the game. If they don't, I think you're right. I think it'll be a very high-scoring game. The total's in the 50s. I still would pick San Francisco to win – but in that situation, Detroit might lose by less than a touchdown. But that's what they've got to do. Goff's, Goff's passer rating in, a, in numbers against the Blitz are just flat out not good. I mean, I didn't watch the Chicago game as closely as you did. They shut that offense down in that game. Eberflus's defense did. That was late in the season. Was that yep. just because it was cold that day at Soldier Field? Was that just a five-hole I mean, scenario? They, 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 I mean, what the hell happened there? Well, I mean, the, they... They played eight quarters of football. They turned them over five times. One of the games, they ended up scoring 31. The first game, the one in Detroit. But it, but it was, was all late. It was all end of the first half, end of the game. It was all two-minute offense stuff. For 55 minutes of that game, the Bears' defense had their number. So it it can be done even in the Dome, uh, certainly. It's a huge question mark. I wanted to ask you, who do you think – like reputationally, legacy-wise, et cetera, has the most to gain by winning this football game? Between who? Who are the options? Like Shanahan, Campbell, Purdy, Goff, Bosa, whomever, McCaffrey. Like, Oh, I think that's an easy one. I think that's easy. That's Campbell. Campbell gets the Lions to the Super Bowl. It's viewed as one of the great coaching jobs and turnaround stories in NFL history, just getting them there. Uh, They were looked at as a team that had a chance to be good this year. They were a popular pick to make the playoffs, but to actually do it, and it's not just about what happened in a 2023 vacuum. It's about everything that went into taking a team that at one point was 0-10 his first year there and getting them all the way to the Super Bowl after all of their bad luck, all their misfortune, all of those things. That that's the story. He he becomes even if it's say if it's Baltimore and Detroit in the Super Bowl, the two most talked about people 
for the two weeks leading up to that game will be Lamar Jackson and, and Dan Campbell more than anybody on the Detroit roster because he's that type of personality. He's not an introverted coach. He's a, he's a loud, bombastic guy. He's gregarious. He's fun. He's all of those things. You know who he'll be if that happens? He'll be Mike Ditka. It's a Mike Ditka situation. He's looked at as that kind of coach. He'll be in commercials and stuff next year if they do that. He'll be that type of celebrity coach, Danny, if Detroit makes it to the Super Bowl. No, it's a compelling argument. He was on my very short list. I agree with you. It would be massive for him reputationally. I always just think and start with quarterbacks. So golf, golf is under contract through next season. That's it. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2025. His cap it next year is 31 million bucks. That is below market value, below average. And he's proven to put up massive numbers there. He goes into San Francisco and wins. I'm very curious. Does he get a $250 million contract? Does Does he get a Burrow, Allen, Herbert contract? Because the numbers would suggest that he should over the last two seasons. And it's a product of the system, and he's about to lose his offensive coordinator to a head coaching job, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But he stands to make a ton of money. Not that he's poor, obviously. But he goes into San Francisco and wins. You're not going to be able to say home road splits, indoor, outdoor, whatever. There's a lot on the line for him. Conversely, I think that Purdy has become such a, and we've talked about this, like toxic talking point that I'm not sure that anyone is capable of changing their minds on Purdy. I agree a hundred percent on that, dude. And, 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 and by the way, I'll include myself. Like I, I'm not, Danny, proud of- I think that's true. If they win the Super Bowl. that's what I'm saying. I, I think he, unless he were to have some mind boggling statistical game, where it's like Steve Young against the Chargers and he throws six touchdowns or something ridiculous like that. I just don't think it's going to change his narrative. He would, it, he, it, too, it sucks because there's, there's so much respect for the coach and the players around him. He would have to do it for so long that a lot of these great players around him in San Francisco would have to age out. And at that case, at that point, people would be left no choice. But to give him credit, I think you're exactly right about that. Goff would be, I would look at Goff if he were to get to the Super Bowl. It would be like, he would be a, he would be Kirk Cousins, but with a winning pedigree. That's two Super Bowls now if he gets there. And I think he, I think he would get paid. I made a oh, face. He's going to get paid. I he's made a face when you said that much. because I, I still would not put him in the elite. He still would be the next tier down. But the next tier down still gets, as you mentioned, the 45. Give him more money than Dak at that point. I think he would deserve it. I think he would demand a contract like that. Uh, Kirk Cousins reportedly wants 40 to $45 million this offseason a year. He should get more than that. He joins a club that you can count on one hand, and that is quarterbacks to lead two different teams to Super Bowls. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Kurt Warner, and then there's the weird one. Craig Morton was the quarterback for Dallas in the 70s and the Broncos. And Goff, that's it. 
I mean, that is a really exclusive club, bro. Yeah. And especially when he was looked at, you and I were hanging out the night that that trade happened. And the golf end of things was like, that's just a salary dump. He was the throw-in. Detroit's going to have to eat that contract and then figure out what they're really going to do at quarterback. Yes. It's one of the, it's one of the truly great win-win trades in sports history. Like any sport. I would agree with that, man. That's a very good point. The the Rams obviously got a quarterback and won a Super Bowl win. The Lions got a quarterback, won home playoff games, two massive statistical seasons, and a first round pick. Like that helped build this era of Lions football. Like it it is a truly great win-win trade for both parties. But I just I was thinking, I mean, Goff would, we would have to say that Goff is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. We'd have to. Yeah. No, no doubt. That's not how people think of him. Uh, One last point on this game. I wrote this down. I said, this is the quote unquote running backs matter game. This is, if you're a running back, this is your favorite game of the season because it's McCaffrey. For San Francisco, the money he got paid, the amount that was surrendered by San Francisco in the trade to get him, and look how much better they've been since they added him. And you just said one of the other names, Gibbs. And they gave Montgomery pretty good money too. Oh, yeah. Both of these teams invested in running backs, believed in paying running backs, and now they're in the final four of the NFL playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. I mean, the Bears didn't want to do it. Montgomery got $6 million a year. And then on top of it, they used the 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs, which I thought was insane at the time. And he's awesome. So, yeah, it is a – I mean, listen, hopefully it's a high – hopefully it's a shootout. That that would be that, that would be fitting after what could be a slugfest earlier on. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. He is Andrew Filipponi. I am Danny Parkins. We are first in pot. Peace.